Welcome to the We Have Issues podcast, a weekly look at the local issues and matters impacting Independence, Missouri. And now, your hosts, Lori Dean Wiley and Dan Hobart. Hey, happy day, Dan. Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. Um, so, today's topic, not an exciting one, but I think that most likely has touched every citizen. And that would be code enforcement in Independence, Missouri. Yeah. It's a code enforcement and codes themselves, there's a lot. Um, I went online and you can look at an online version. And I thought it was more information than even our charter. I mean, it is a lot of information. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's really, you know, what keeps us all in line or the opportunity to keep us all in line by having codes. Code enforcement itself is a functional local government um, consideration that helps to accomplish community goals such as protecting property values and the environment. Others view code enforcement as an annoying, <laughs> intrusive um, use of private property. Um, so taken directly from the City of Independence website, it is the mission of the property maintenance unit to work in partnership with the people of Independence to promote and maintain a safe and desirable living and working environment. The City of Independence itself has developed municipal codes intended to protect life, health, safety, welfare of its residents. The property maintenance code set the standards by which development must conform. And we administer a fair and unbiased enforcement program to correct violation of municipal codes and land use requirements. So property maintenance code, it's those minimum standards for safe and sanitary property. And a brief explanation can be found in the Know Your Code brochure and the Swimming Pool Requirements brochure. And to report property maintenance issues in the community, you can contact or submit online a property maintenance complaint. To view a status of a case, you can also contact or visit online. So, seems like a fairly clear system of there's a bunch of codes that help us all maintain peace in our neighborhoods, keep it safe, uh, not ticking off your neighbor because your grass is too high, et cetera, et cetera. As a council member, I am sure that you receive calls about codes. I know it's some of the only calls I have made as a citizen to, at the time, I, one of my at-large um, council persons. And you probably receive requests from constituents asking for your help to resolve some sorts of violations whether seen or personally felt. Um, so what is that process that you, so you pick up the phone, you get a call or you get an email of a quote complaint. What is your usual, usual process to follow in regards to code enforcement? I, it depends on how big a problem it is. If it's sort of the, the basics of, you know, trash, 
too tall grass, uh, some tree issue, or, you know, run-of-the-mill stuff. Then typically I ask our council assistant to enter that into the codes complaint electronic system, the digital system they have, and... That, that, does that, that fairly record well takes start? It. That starts something. The record, the recording of it, starts some kind and of so process. Even if the city man, like Zach Walker, will say all the time. Sometimes when he's driving around, he'll get the app out. We have an app called In Depth Now, and you can f- file code complaints with the app, and you can take a picture with your phone and everything. So when he reports codes things, he puts them in the app. Okay. Now, obviously, he could theoretically just order some employee to go fix his problem but not wanting to uh, get special treatment he just uses the app so ultimately when we report a problem unless it's a higher level emergency type situation that needs immediate care most of our complaints just go into that system as well so in depth now is the system can you report things anonymously? Do, do you know how that system works in regards to if, reporting? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I don't know no, if it's anonymous okay. or not. I the, the codes people typically don't tell who reported them because everybody wants to know. Yeah. Uh, so they, it's not a part of the standard procedure. It's a standard procedure for them not to tell the target person or target property who reported them. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have enough code compliance officers to do proactive code enforcement, so we're stuck with the snitch system. All right, so enforcement methods. In most cases, the person responsible for a code violation is given an opportunity to voluntarily comply with the law and correct the situation. So my hope would be that you find out your neighbor's not happy with you, you want to have a good neighborhood, you want to have a good relationship, or at least not an antagonistic one, that you fix whatever you're informed is against code. What if somebody doesn't? So once the deadline in the compliance order has passed, the owner or responsible person is subject to one or both of the remedies in addition to maybe paying a fine that results. Um, I've I've heard in some situation, let's say it's tall grass, maybe it's an out-of-state owner of that home, it's a rental, and they're not complying, grass has grown, 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 they never comply. There could be a fine, but then at some point, there also may be a payment due to the city because the city had to send somebody to go mow that lawn. Is that yeah, fair? What, yes, what happens is, if it's so if you don't, solve your problem within the time frame they give you and sometimes if you talk to them they'll extend that by the way but they can't ex- the codes themselves the code enforcement officers or the codes department itself can't doesn't have a lot of leeway sometimes they can give you a little extra time and sometimes they do but that's not a guarantee so if you don't fix it by the deadline in your letter you can get a ticket then you have to go to court in municipal court at city hall and They'll give you plenty of time there to fix it. And if you don't fix it, ultimately, you'll get fined. And then the codes person, now you're on the codes radar. And if you especially don't fix it, you'll just keep getting tickets for the same thing. So it it can feel pretty targeted. On the other side of it, if it's grass that's six feet tall 
and there's rodents living in it or yeah. it's just really egregious, then the city has limited resources, but they will go mow grass, cut down trees, uh, you know, fix other problems. And what they'll bill you, the, home, the property owner, but they'll also put a lien on the house, on the property. Oh, wow. Okay. So when it sells, so if you go around a lot of the land trust uh, properties and in independents that are owned by the Jackson County Land Trust, there oftentimes there's a lien from independents on there too. It's, so it sounds like if it's not remedied, in many cases, those types of code violations end up in a lien situation. Yeah. Okay. Yes. What about that neighbor who's older and just can't get outside in this heat and mow their lawn? Uh, like I said, we don't get many complaints from folks like that where they feel like codes is being unfair about enforcement. Not from older folks in that scenario or folks that are unable. Obviously, if somebody contacts me with an issue like that, I, um, as a lawyer, I never take those cases. I'll refer them to people, but I will, as a council person, contact the city manager and say, hey, can we, you know, can this person have a little more time or can we spend a little extra effort on this person because they need help. So there's general ordinance summons. So the remedy is designed to address minor violations. And just so people can prepare if you're going to violate a code, the fines range from anywhere from $150 to $500. And that's on minor violations. Um, and then as you, my assumption would be as you have more violations, so different offenses, that those fines can go up in price. And that's kind of how you hit that higher range. Um, there's also abatement, which is a remedy used when the city needs to take action to correct a nuisance. In a typical case, the division will hire a private contractor to board and secure a structure or clean up the property or pick up the trash or dispose of the weeds because we know all of that left undone can lead to rodents and running properties and whether they then become on the land trust, they're not inhabitable at that point. So, um, so there is on the books a process. Yeah. And yet when I when I talk to just friends, um, I've had many my own experiences where it seems like there are some codes that you don't really know how to report or do you want to report them? Report every violation. Okay. Especially either take a picture, make sure you have the address, take a picture, send it to your council person. That should be your last option, by the way. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not advocating. Yeah. I don't need 5,000 emails. Put it in the app. Report it. It goes in the system, and they work through those. You know, um, I live in a neighborhood with lots of senior adults and also lots of kids. So we're, we are a very uh, mixed neighborhood. And I just, from my own personal experience, th uh, took three codes and believe me, there are hundreds, but I took out three codes that I think I see on a regular basis being violated. And I have yet to even call on these. Um, one would be, and I'll say the section, so you can go look them up if you want, but section 
is a curfew code about parental responsibility. And it is unlawful for a minor, defined as any child under the age of 18, to loiter or play in or upon the public street, public grounds, public buildings, amusement places, dining places, vacant places, shopping places within the City of Independence between the hours of 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. Um, on any ordinance Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, or between the hours of 11 p.m. and 6 a.m. on Fridays and Saturdays. And then it also says including U.S. holidays. Um, so from that parent who maybe, let's say, has a 14-year-old is very strong-willed, and they are out behind my house underneath the streetlight with their friends being quite loud, um, and there seems to be no house with lights on, so I don't know which houses they come from, and you're thinking... I know that's not right, but do I really want to be the get off my lawn, you know, resident or uh, the Karen, as they would say, no offense to my good friend, Karen Franco, but, um, you know, what, what really should somebody do with something like that? Because it's, it's a code for a reason. Keep those kids safe. The lack of parental responsibility is very clear. They're not there. The kids are outside. It's after hours. But sincerely, I haven't called because I don't want to be that person that calls and complains about, you know, potentially groups of teens outside that could potentially get into trouble. So here's the deal. If, if you think something's a problem, but you choose not to do anything about it, that's not on you. Whatever a person does is on them, number one. You, you don't have a duty to police your neighborhood. Yeah. Um, but. Even though I do. No. <laughs> I, everybody can and should. Really, everybody should look out for each other. So, but if you do that, then you can't then complain that the city doesn't enforce its codes. Because the city, the city, whatever, whatever that is, the big, giant, all-knowing, omnipotent city, yes. had no idea. Right. So, and, and one distinction to draw, uh, any code, this is, this is probably the best way to put it, for the most part, any code that's dealing with behavior, with people that involves human beings, if you see something and you think it's a code violation but there's a human being, call the police. Okay. You can make a code complaint, but call the police because if something somebody is illegally dumping, codes is not going to come out and accost that person. Police can actually come out and stop them from it. Well, you know, that brings me to a second code that I pulled out, Article 10, Sound Control Regulations. It is found and declared that the making, creation, maintenance of excessive, unnecessary, unnatural, or unusually loud sounds, which are prolonged, unusual, or unnatural in their time, place, and use, are a detriment to public health, comfort, convenience, safety, welfare, and prosperity of the residents of the city of independence. Therefore, the necessity and the public interest for the provisions and prohibitions herein after contained and enacted is declared as a matter of legislative determination and public policy. And it is further declared that the provisions and prohibitions herein 
after contained and enabled are in pursuant of and for the purpose of securing and promoting the public health, comfort, convenience, safety, welfare, prosperity, and the peace and quiet of the city of independence and its inhabitants. So we have this thing every year called the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. And we have a code that people can sell and buy fireworks one week prior, right? Or two mm. weeks prior. And uh, then it has to stop on the day of. It's seven days or ten days. We expanded it. I voted against expanding it, but we expanded it. So it it used to be maybe four days in Independence or now it's seven. I think it's seven or ten, actually. Okay. So I bring that up, once again, just as an example, but it's my personal example mm-hmm. of that neighborhood with lots of kids. So randomly, at 1, 2 in the morning, fireworks yep. start going off again. Correct. And it is well into a month following the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. So yes. does, it, does it bother my comfort? Yes. Does it disturb potentially my sleep? Yes. It's illegal. Um, and then I think about the... Illegal. The reason it's illegal is, one, it's at night. Um, so do you see where you're shooting off the fireworks? Probably not. You know, we did have a pretty significant fire this summer at 4th of July with wayward fireworks. So, you know, from a safety standpoint, it bothers me. Fireworks are idiotic. Yeah. They're also spectacular. I, I would agree. I enjoy when somebody else spends some money and I can go view them in the sky and they're pretty and then I'm done. It's much right. better if you're not in the middle of a residential neighborhood <laughs> lighting off bombs Yes. after midnight, after yes. 10 o'clock. Yes. That's much better. You know, and once again, I come to this decision within me of I can report it as a code violation but I don't know which kid, I don't even know which house is doing it. You know? Remember, if it's people involved, call the police. So, let's go to my third example. Section 13.01.006, sanitation. Dumping or depositing any trash or litter upon the park property. This one really hits close to home because it was pretty recent where some vandals broke tons of glass at at the um, McCoy Park um, playground for Mm -hmm. kids with disabilities. And that, I think it was a father of a very young child was cut um, and was the one to experience it and then report it. And I think the park had to be closed for a day while maintenance employees went and literally cleaned up broken glass all over Mm -hmm. this playground. Um, On that one, I would have zero hesitation to call uh, and report if I knew who did that. Um, that's just not being a good citizen. You're, you know, you're not thinking of the families that need to use that park, not thinking of the, the city employees have to go clean it up and potentially get injured. They're being taken away from something else that needed done. So I just have no patience with debris, throwing out litter, destroying property and especially in our parks we are a city filled with parks that every neighborhood uses on a regular basis yeah absolutely so um and you know unfortunately in each example i didn't i wasn't involved it wasn't my situation or i didn't make that call as i've already said 
because I do prejudge and go, well, who would really care? It's only my comfort that the noise is keeping me up, or it's only my concern that those kids are out without parental supervision. But no one knew who, or as far as I know, we haven't been able to find who broke all the glass at the kids' playground. So how or who actually deals with those violations? Like, so we have the in-depth now, we report it. Is there an actual, like, team of code violation people that mm-hmm. go out? Yeah, there, yes, there are. They're, uh, and I, I, they're not investigators. I, I can't think of the term they're called. I don't know their title. But, yes, there is a small team of code, uh, code enforcement officers. Okay. And they go out, and they everything on the app, every call they get. So even when you call them, they put that in the system. So calling uh, is the exact same thing as doing the app. Okay. So they put it in the system. The code enforcement folks have different zones that they work around town, and they work through the violations in their section, and and they issue tickets or letters or whatever is appropriate, and they see it through. They're the one that testifies at court, or they're the one that sort of see it through to the end. So Are, are these code violation Officers, are they literally like deputized to no. write tickets or whatever? They're not deputized, no. Okay. They have special authority under the to write those types of tickets. But the thing is you can't go to jail for those. Okay. For a for a code violation, property code violation. So they can be involved in cases like that. Police officers typically have to be involved if it's a jailable offense. Typically. Um I remember having a conversation with our former mayor on on this um, exact issue because we were we have codes and we have fines but there was something about state legislation made it very difficult to have teeth to go get those fine dollars it was uh, the state law senate bill 5 has talked about a lot and it definitely gutted municipal authority to punish and to successfully enforce certain kinds of violations. So it's not one of the biggest things it did. For example, if if your weeds are tall and you don't fix it and then you get a ticket and you don't go to court, well then the judge can issue a warrant for your arrest, which means if okay. you're driving and run a red light or get in an accident or turn wrong or something and you have contact with law enforcement and they find out you have a warrant, they'll arrest you and take you to jail. You have to bond out. We could also, used to when a warrant was issued, you could suspend somebody's driver's license, which would typically get their attention. Right. And then they would end up fixing the problem. We can't do that anymore. And okay. so that that probably has been the single biggest hammer that has been taken to our ability to enforce some traffic things and some code things, and it's it has made it more difficult. They also capped the fine amount that you could collect. So, if you know having a, a six by six foot weed and weeds in your yard that are three feet tall would get the same fine as somebody that has an entire yard full. So, okay. the judge controls that. That's not set by you know any sort of 
definable statute, but it's it's not as good as it once was. So keeping that in mind, is there a time situation, et cetera, because you've already mentioned call the police, when really the police should be called? If there's a person involved, if there's people involved, call the police, always. Just to take yourself out of harm's way or? Well, if it's if it's a bad enough situation that somebody could get hurt or you think they're going to get hurt, you know, people, like everything, we have to use our best judgment, our common mm-hmm. sense, our experience. And if, you know, if you're prepared to make a phone call, if it's people, call the police, call 911. They, they can sort it out and deal with it on whatever way they can get to it. But And I know we have a shortage of police officers right now. So we have a shortage I think, of everything. I think that also, yeah, enters into our mindset of I don't want to bother police with a code mm-hmm. violation. No, here's the deal. Uh, what happens is because they have software that tracks their calls and bright spots start showing up when enough calls come from a place. Think of it like a heat map. Okay. Well, like when you look, log on and see where does cellular coverage, where does T-Mobile goes? Right. You know, well, the police map is a living thing. The call thing is a living thing. So now, should you call if you see somebody throw a cigarette butt out the window? <laughs> I mean, I would love to pull that person over personally and make them go pick it up and pay a fine. Yeah. And pick up trash for three months. Yeah. Like I, I would, I would put them in jail for a week if I could. But if it's that tiny of a thing, probably not going to do you too good, plus you're maybe driving around. Yeah. But if it's a regular neighborhood issue, then the police need to know that. And in order to move that neighborhood issue up the ladder on the priority scale for police, everybody needs to call. Okay. I think that's some good information that maybe I certainly didn't consider and others may be thinking the same thing. You know, I do have one, um, I'm always about solutions. I do have one suggestions on how we might be able to be better neighbors to one another, um, keep independence more beautiful, stop, you know, my personal illustrations, the uh, breaking curfews and the sound, you know, problems, sound control problems, or the weeds growing, et cetera, trash on the road. And that's a two word answer personal accountability. When you're personally accountable, you take ownership of what happens as a result of your own choices and actions. You don't blame others or make excuses and you do what you can to make amends when things go wrong. So to become more accountable, make sure that you're clear about the roles and responsibilities. And so code enforcement is the rules and responsibilities of being a really good citizen. Good neighbor. Good neighbor. Um, If you'd like to learn more about the codes to live by in order to be a good citizen in independence, the information can be found through our wonderful city clerk or online at the City of Independence website. Or if you want to report one, you can make a phone call or go to In-Depth Now app. app. You can also report codes online, like at your computer on a web browser. Uh, I encourage people to use the app because the less time they spend on the phone, the more time they have to categorize and address complaints. Okay. Let's use technology to help our reduced 
limited resources. Limited resources. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so we do have code enforcement. We may not always make the call or we may not know the outcome. Yeah. But there is code enforcement. Actually, here's the benefit of putting it on the app too. You get updates. You can check once you put it on the app. Whenever they enter something on their side, you get that update. Okay. So it actually there's enticement, folks. It's, a, it's so much fun. You get to track your complaint. You get to see it resolved potentially. That's right. Or you get the message time. that says it's over, and then you look across the street and nothing's happened, and you think, well, that was a waste of time. Now and then you call, and All that's right. okay too. Okay. Well, thanks so much for uh, just helping to get the word out and understand code violations. I think that code enforcement is one of those areas that a lot of citizens don't think is happening and don't really see. And yes, there's some reason that some of those fines aren't happening because maybe uh, the state of Missouri's change on that and going after fines. Maybe it's because we don't call because of limited police. Um, But really... I think what we're hearing today is if you see something, say something. They're beautiful. And leave it to those that are assigned to this task to do their job. Yes. And I want to give people a couple tips, and this is loosely related to code enforcement. But uh, the police officers, my dad, my whole life, our house has been well lit at night. And we don't keep things... Invisible <laughs> in our cars. Yeah. Uh, these are two simple things, although lighting can be expensive, choosing whether, whatever you choose to do. Save the money and do it. My backyard is lit up every night. My front yard right over my cars and my driveway is lit up every night. So this discourages crime. It, it's not easy to hide in the light. So... And don't leave stuff in your car. Okay. Nothing. I don't care if it's a envelope, a watered up piece of trash. Take it out of your compartment area. Uh, put it in your trunk, whatever you need to do. But um, it will help. It really will help. Thanks. There's some uh, free tips from uh, Dan Hobart. Appreciate another uh, nice time of learning together. Yeah. So thanks so much. I'm Laurie Dean Wiley. And I'm Dan Hobart. And we have issues. We want to thank you for joining us. I'm Laurie Dean Wiley. And I'm Dan Hobart. Join us again next week because we have issues. (laughs) 